Welcome to Parkinson's and Me. This is episode 14, Changing Relationships. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Parkinson's and Me is a podcast and is dedicated to telling the story of one man who was diagnosed with young onset Parkinson's disease not too long ago. That man is me, Daniel, and I'm your host. This is a deeply personal journey that includes my victories and tragedies along the way. My older brother and I, we try to balance the despair and the hardships along with some strategies that we've discovered provide hope. And speaking of my older brother, Brian, welcome to the podcast, the episode, the show. Feels good to be here, Daniel. You and I, we haven't recorded in a while, and always a pleasure to connect with you, and even if we're talking about Parkinson's disease, so I'm anxious to see what's going on with you. Brian, it's always wonderful connecting with you. You don't have Parkinson's. That's kind of what the show is all about, the outsiders looking in, and we're going to be talking about how Parkinson's changes friendships. As we typically do on this segment of the podcast, we're going to get an update about what's going on in my brother's world. And Daniel, I'll ask the question, what is going on in your world lately? Something that I discovered by pure coincidence pertains to the constant pain in my hands, the neuropathy. Well, I take the NuPro patch. For those of you that aren't familiar with NuPro, it's a dopamine agonist. So there's carbidopa, levodopa, and there's dopamine agonist, which is a compound that actually activates the dopamine receptors. So a dopamine agonist can work together with carbidopa, levodopa. So you apply this patch once a day. You can think of it as applying a nicotine patch, pumping you full of the dopamine agonist. My normal routine was interrupted, and I forgot to apply the patch for the entire day. And something that was so interesting was for the first time in a very long time, my hands were not throbbing and hurting. So taking this further, I had a two milligram patch. So I was like, well, let me go ahead and try a two milligram patch and see what happens. I did this for two more days and the pain in my hands was greatly diminished. Now, the other portion of this is the decrease in the dopamine agonist caused the right side of my body not to coordinate properly. In fact, it was like carrying around half of your body. So it's very strange you're lugging this side of your body around. So after those days, I applied the four milligram patch again. And after a couple of days, of my normal amount of new pro patch, the pain returned to my hands. Fortunately, the coordination and the flopping around of my right side stopped. So I'm not sure what to make of this. I have my appointment for the movement disorder specialist. So hopefully he can bring some enlightenment and hopefully a balance to this discovery. This is a future with Parkinson's continually tweaking medication because the progression is constantly changing your body. So what used to work doesn't work anymore. You have to increase some doses while limiting others. So that was a huge discovery for me and hopefully is an insight to anyone else who has been having the same issue. 
Well, it's good to be updated on what is going on with that part of your world. I understand that you also did a little getaway with some friends. Yeah, it's an annual guys trip. I believe I've spoke about it in previous episodes. There's a core group of guys that I've known four of them since high school and middle school, and one that I met in college. What we do is establish a place that we're going to go, either the beach, camping, on a cruise. So we leave our families, our kids, our wives, and make sure that these four days are all about celebrating our friendship. This year, it was to go camping. And I say camping very loosely. We were in a very comfortable camper. Awesome. Well, this is interesting because I recall these guys growing up with you. And I find it amazing that you guys still interact and are still friends decades later. Most of us, we lose touch with friends that we grew up with. You guys didn't have social media or cell phones back in the beginning, and yet you've gotten married, you've had kids, you've had careers. How is it possible that you guys have kept so close for so many years when the majority of us don't even keep in touch with people we grew up with? We're very unique. It's a priority for us that we all share. It's so wonderful. We give and receive, whether it be emotional, physical, spiritual needs. We've been doing this for over 20 years. That's what's astounding. So it's kind of a tradition now. I know last year it was eventful when you shared with these friends uh, your Parkinson's diagnosis. For those who haven't heard the earlier episodes, can you give a brief recap of to what happened last year on this guy's trip? It was a disaster. I didn't know anything about the disease, and it was just a horrible mess. I vomited all of my fears, doubt. It was only a couple of weeks after I received the diagnosis from my neurologist. We fast forward a year. COVID-19, political, racial tensions, mm, uh, yeah. the economy taking a downturn, a lot of stress and strains happening within the last year. And here you are combating Parkinson's disease and finding out more about it and learning to live with it. How have you seen the relationships change a year later? In many ways, I feel like they have continued on the road of their life, accomplishing tasks, experiencing new things, good things. And I've broken down on the side of the road. My car is just sitting there. feel like I have lost quite a bit of what makes me me. And I feel left behind. Questions before I go on this trip. How do I communicate my new norm? Because they're going to feel uncomfortable. They're not going to know the questions to ask. In some senses, I'm going to need to educate them on how to communicate with me. If I were in their shoes, I wouldn't know the questions to ask. I just need not to isolate myself, fall into my norm recently of getting into my cocoon and shutting everyone out. So the question is, are the deep levels of friendships that I've enjoyed for 25 years to 30 years for some something I have to prepare to lose as well? Some valid questions, and I believe you took your recorder to uncover some of the answers. I wanted to bring the listeners kind of inside my world, inside my environment, to find out these discoveries and these answers to the questions. All right, well, let's listen in to your guys' weekend trip and how things went for you. 
It was great seeing everyone, especially since I've been so isolated. Giving big hugs, being wrapped up in, in some burly arms to use jokes that I only bring out once a year. And to talk about guy stuff, not deep yeah, level gut-wrenching Parkinson's disease stuff. That you buy from the refreshment stand, it looks like a thermal detonator. That's from, uh, Return of the Jedi. so like immersive. And then you got you got Chewy walking around, Kylo walking around. <laughs> That's like Harry Potter for, for you him. Then. Yeah. It's like you taking a Viagra. It's like me. <laughs> it was a wonderful change of pace, and we did guy stuff. We did fishing. Also at night, we watched violent movies. John Wick and Open Range was the specialties of choice. You the one killed our friend? That's right. I shot the boy too, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> and it was wonderful just sitting around talking i'm like i'm like the guy in talking uh, <laughs> when he's playing basketball oh, oh yes can't see him in the face <laughs> oh, Sweaty Bobby that's Bobby. an awesome movie it's man the, one of the greatest hey, man do you think you could uh, put your shirt back on <laughs> that'd be a good one it was clear to me every one of these men had something that they are very invested in that provides them an, an incredible sense of purpose and identity. They were leading and being a part of something that they believed in. Now, this included missions, outreach programs, moving up the corporate ladder, or being fully invested with the activities of their kids. These are wonderful things, and I celebrated with them, and I was so proud of their accomplishments. And they were going back and forth, sharing their successes and their setbacks. And then it dawned on me, what did I have to share? It was a continual reinforcement of my metaphor, my car being broken down, stranded on the side of the road, and being left behind. So I could add this to the conversation. Hey guys, would you like to hear about the life of a man and his family being blown up and shattered apart by Parkinson's? Let me share what it's been like to piece my life back together one piece at a time. However, it doesn't work because I have so many critical pieces missing. I was sure we were going to have some great conversations about Parkinson's and to address their questions. Well, and two friends hesitantly inquire and then never brought it up again. Now, granted, it may have been due to my friends making a conscious effort to not want me to think that Parkinson's defined me. They were respecting my initial instruction that I gave a year ago to not treat me like an invalid. Whatever the case, I felt very lonely during the trip. Also, it took a lot of work to ensure I wasn't dragging the others down. And you hear from my report that sleep was not in abundance at all. It's morning two of the guys' trip so far. I am up very early this morning because I can't sleep. We're all jammed into a camper. Uh, that's a very nice camper, I will admit that. But it, it's cramped, and it doesn't do good for someone who, at the best of times, finds little comfort when he sleeps. So um, during this time, it has been very challenging, and uh, the symptoms of my Parkinson's have definitely grown more noticeable 
with little sleep this um this has been tough this part's been tough so checking in and being real now being back from the weekend i recognize now this was a time of me instructing myself of things that i could no longer do that i couldn't clear the area quick enough because I was going slow. So there was some impatience that I felt. So, hey, I can do it faster, was what was implied. So well, why don't you get out of the way? I can't afford that lifestyle. I can no longer play that sport any longer. I can't reach the goals I believed I once did and we talked about. I felt I no longer had any good news to share. The list of things that I could not do were stacking up so high and were becoming so heavy that I was simply overwhelmed. I realized that for the past year, these men, they'd moved forward. What have I been doing? I've been surviving. In many ways, I've been dying. So there was a spark that came to me one afternoon. It was in the camper when all the guys were gone. And I had it for just a moment where that mindset shifted from survival to living. And there's a huge difference between the two. And the things that I could actually still be doing that I'm not sentenced to merely surviving. It's wonderful getting out of the, the house and got my mind off of my own issues for the first time I not only saw a spark in me or experienced a spark in me how can I actually thrive there's still some business entrepreneurial ways I guess a continuation of all right how do I keep living and living not just surviving it's interesting and refreshing my life's not over yet there's a spark I'm a big believer in changing my mindset and redefining what I can do. Where do I begin? There's this mountain of can't do's. Well, what I can do is create a list of things that I can actually do. And I can keep them on my phone so I'll always have it with me. I'm going to add a new thing every day. This will allow me to at least have my list up of things that I can do on a daily basis to remind me. The weekend was eye-opening. There was finally a glimmer of blue that I could see in the sky after a year of nothing but stormy skies. I do have value, and I'm still capable of performing tasks that others simply can't do. Regarding my friendships with these men, I have to accept that I may not be able to keep up with them like I used to. And they're just so busy with their own lives and busy with succeeding for their jobs, families, churches, etc. And it's not a bad thing, and I don't blame them. So what I may be able to do is stay close to one or two if they're willing to continue to invest in my life where I'm at now. Not where I used to be, because I am eagerly wanting to invest in their lives. My life has been forever changed by Parkinson's, and I do need those that can accept me as I am now. 
And for those of you that know someone with Parkinson's, keep asking the questions, even if they're not what you think is the right questions. And it's much better to admit that you don't know the question to ask. And maybe you're that person that has Parkinson's and you're thinking to yourself, there's no way I can articulate this. I'm not a communicator. And I feel that I'm losing my relationships. Well, I believe the takeaway is we have to keep trying as clumsy as it may be, but we have to be the ones that communicate to make sure that the doors open for our friends and our loved ones to walk through. Some interesting insights into your guys' trip weekend, and it seems like you've had various takeaways, some positives and some struggles. It really saddened me about the possibility of losing the friendships. I want to emphasize that what I discussed in that piece are certainly not the facts. I understand these are observations that I made. I knew that going in, that this was my side of the story. And I have no doubt the depression, anxiety, the loneliness, and my medications were wrapped into that perspective that I shared. So maybe it's not as sad as I'm initially thinking, but we'll find out. Well, a question that I came away with after hearing your thoughts about the weekend is for outsiders like your friends, what is the more valued gift? Giving you a weekend to not focus on your illness and make it kind of feel like old times or just bringing it up in conversations and offering support? Hmm. That's a really good question. I think it was a huge gift not to think about Parkinson's, to go and have fun. However, I would have liked to have brought it up more, and I feel like I didn't get the chance to do that. I just think it's best that much like the guys were exchanging what was going on in their lives, that I could include Parkinson's and what's going on with me and the subject not to be taboo. And I feel like I didn't communicate this well. Chalk it up to a learning experience. So the guy's trip next year is going to have to look different. There's just going to have to be some limitations. That's what a life with someone with Parkinson's has got to understand. And it's up to me to communicate that properly. It seems like for outsiders like myself and your friends and maybe people out in our audience, finding a balance of talking about it but not focusing on it is something that you recommend? Hmm. A balance looks like where that person that has Parkinson's feels free to discuss what's going on with them and what's happening in their life in regards to Parkinson's. However, for not to dominate the conversation as it has a tendency to do, or at least I have a tendency to do that. And for those that don't have Parkinson's, and that person with PD is probably going to try to push you away. That's when it's so important to keep pressing in with a respectful distance at first, allow them to grieve and go through the process, and then take some risks and move in closer. It just can't be a one-way street on either side. Well, I know it's difficult for outsiders like myself to figure out how to handle situations like that. So we definitely appreciate you sharing your insights into someone who has this disease and some of the things that you need in social encounters, whether it's with family or with friends. 
Well, Brian, something that we've been teasing along the way is when is this season going to end? And I think we've got some answers. The next episode, that's going to serve as the last episode for the season. Boy, we've journeyed through a lot of topics and it all ends, at least the season ends, next time. What can we expect from this final episode of season one? The theme of the podcast is turned into keep moving forward. What are we moving forward to? We need to have a goal in mind, some things that we want to achieve. We'll be talking about that. Also, we're going to discuss what season two will look like. And just a final wrap up, uh, some things that I haven't shared throughout the episodes that I wanted to save to the last episode of the season. All right. And of course, as always, we appreciate your comments and feedback. And coming up, Daniel's going to share that information here with you. Daniel, thanks for inviting me on the program. I have enjoyed hearing your insights and thoughts and what's going on in your world. Thank you, Brian. I know it's not just me thanking you, but thank you for my son later on down the road and for those that are hopefully getting something out of listening to this podcast. Yes, we hope that it makes a difference in others' lives as well as our own. Thank you for listening. We would love to hear from you. If you would like to leave a voice message, then call at 706-873-1656. Or you can email us at parkinsonsandmepodcast at gmail.com. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show. Until next time, keep moving forward.